Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, this is Cindy Gern, executive producer of The Workforce Show, inviting you to listen to Economic Development Directors. The first guest will be Victor Hoskins, Economic Development Director of Arlington County. If there's one thing I think people have a misconception about in the Arlington community, and actually specifically in economic development, is how much things like attracting and keeping businesses affects the local community. People hear about things like tax rate and office vacancy, and they think it doesn't apply to them. But in reality, it's just the opposite. In Arlington, for every percentage point of commercial vacancy, we lose about $3.4 million in tax revenue. That's tax revenue that goes to things like great schools, great parks, and all the amenities that make Arlington such a great place to be. That's why we work so hard in encouraging the strategic investments and really focusing on the benefits of economic development to Arlington County. And right now, we're about 10 percentage points below our historic averages, which works out to about $34 million a year, which is quite a bit of money. Another really important thing for listeners to keep in mind is the real diversity of Arlington's economic community. It's something we've worked on very hard to build, and it's something that simply wasn't there 10 years ago. Think about it. 10, 15 years ago, Arlington was known as a government suburb. We had government offices, we had government contractors, and we had government commuters. But we all know what happened when BRAC hit, when the new metro lines opened up, and when sequestration happened. Those government offices started shrinking or going away altogether. And that's how Arlington came to have such a record high vacancy. And we set out to change that, to really focus on what's next in the economy and diversify Arlington's business community. At this point, only about 22% of Arlington's um, economic base um, of employment is government employees. It took a lot of convincing and a lot of work to draw uh, tech companies, ed tech, med tech, clean tech, big data companies to Arlington. In Crystal City, you see dozens of fast-growing tech companies now um, and even nonprofit associations. In Boston, there's a new concentration of cybersecurity companies and even an Amazon Web Services location. And in Roslyn, we brought companies like Nestle, Gerber, and built the CEB Tower, and media companies like Sinclair and Politico. And that's just the beginning. We're helping to cultivate small businesses around Arlington. We've helped thousands of new and small local businesses to grow through our BizLaunch program. Um, Retail is changing. Just look at what's going on at Boston Quarter. The complex is transforming um, our shopping into shopping and entertainment and food and we're chipping away at the government suburb stereotype. As a matter of fact, many uh, many people know us as the um, millennial community. Small, large, it doesn't matter. We're pushing these businesses to grow. That's the mix that's going to make the difference for Arlington and it's going to make it a true leader in innovation. Hi, how are you? Uh, 
folks, we're listening to uh, today uh, uh, Kathy McShane, who is Assistant Administrator for SBA for the Women's Programs. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been very, very busy in the last couple of weeks uh, for Small Business Week, et cetera. Uh, can you tell us, uh, the audience, the listening audience, what you do and what's been happening in the last couple of weeks? Okay, so what I do is we issue grants to partners. We call them resource partners so that they can help women to launch or expand a business. And that, you know, they have to go through a very awarded the grant. And I actually am in charge of the, um, the over 100 centers that we have across the country. So I'm the one that manages uh, when grant requests are going out, when they're coming in, um, you know, curriculum. We help them with the curriculum. And the, the curriculum for, for each center, for 100 centers, or for the general curriculum? Oh, 100 centers. Wow, okay. That's big. But I want to stress that, you know, we think globally and act locally. So the local centers are really the boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. They are the people that are really in touch with the local market. So we can make recommendations because of our experience. However, at the end of the day, they're the ones who really know, and we trust them to put programs that really um, are very pertinent to their market. Uh, and so you don't, you don't direct or deliver any programs uh, uh, directly to the to women in in your your cohort your group, do you? You 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 deliver programs to through the hundred percent uh, hundred sites that you have. That's our primary way of delivering. Mm-hmm. We have an extensive online learning center that any woman anywhere can access. Uh, okay. You know that's digital. <clears throat> Well, listen, I, that, that sounds very interesting uh, for 100 people, for 100 sites, and you uh, have grants that go to each of those 100 sites for, for what, for, for programs, for managing the site? What is the grant for? They use the grant to um, have a full-time person uh-huh. and use a portion of it for the rent, and they use a portion of it to actually develop and run programs for women. Okay, so in uh, in D.C. area, uh, in Springfield, there's a women's center, isn't there? Yep. And so that's an example of, of the centers that you, you, you finance or fund. Yeah, we fund. We don't find it. What is it, CPP or something like that? Is that what it's called? I, I don't recall exactly, but it's uh, it's been around for a long time as well. Well, let's go back to what you do, though. I mean, it's more than giving. Uh, what what is the 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 purpose of your program? I mean, in, in general, what is it that you hope to accomplish in uh, in your through your program? I mean, I've I've heard your boss, the administrator, uh, on television talking about what she's going to do. Uh, uh, so, so what is your purpose? What is your goal? But, well, my goal it really does dovetail into the administrators. I totally believe in the things she's saying. However, I focus on. Um, uh, I'm so sorry, Administrator McMahon. So I focus. McShane and McMahon. I think that we should question that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a Monahan. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, that's fair enough. 
So Administrator McMahon is very clear in terms of her objectives, and it's our job to implement those. So what I'm responsible for, and frankly, my passion is to help women to launch or expand a business because we know that they fuel the economy. And it's a really well-kept secret, two secrets, one, SBA and what we do, and secondarily, what peop, uh, women entrepreneurs actually give back to the economy. So, so do you have statistics on that? Because we've, we've heard a lot recently about how much women contribute to the economy. Uh, so, you want me to? Yeah, because I mean, I, I, some of us really doubt the numbers because we don't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally. So I can give them to you now, or I can send them over. My, well, just don't, give, don't don't recite all the statistics. But so, what are the general statistics for this region? Do you know for this region? I do not know for. But okay, for for general, what are your statistics saying? Well, nationally, we know that thirty four percent of um, small businesses, well, excuse me, thirty four percent of female owned businesses. And uh, I'm just going to get you a couple of more statistics. And, and, you know, the thing that I think is important for us to understand is that all these small businesses for of, that women have are not necessarily in the traditional fields of crafts and food services. They're, they're high-tech, aren't they? No, we do have a segment that we call our STEM segment, and they are in science and technology. However, um, we do have women. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, static. Folks, we're, we're recording this conversation, uh, and she's at her, her at her office, and we are in the studio. So if you hear any interruptions, that's what is happening. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, um, yeah, they're in tradition. The, the, the largest growing segment we have and the largest number of women that we serve are actually in health care. Okay. Oh, really? So that, that's one. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, we know that women own approximately a million businesses and they employ more than 8 million workers. What level, what kind of health care are they in? What was the question? What kind of health care, what, what form, what aspect of health care are these women in? Um, you know what? I really haven't told. Oh, okay. I was just curious because that, that's really exciting. And, and I suspect that more women are also moving into the STEM area uh, because I've, I've seen in Washington we have a lot of women who, ha, who are CEOs of companies that uh, are doing everything from a, uh, artificial intelligence to cyber to Internet of Things. Uh, so it's, it's very... Uh, so it's very exciting to see this movement, and so as as the population becomes more involved in business, uh, they have a greater uh, greater voice in 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 matters that pertain to their lives and their business. So, what are the women saying? What what do they need? Well, um, I just want to go back to the technology part and women in in science. I want to share with you, we do a program called Innovate Her, and we do it yearly, and what we end up doing is it's originally, or at least in the beginning, managed by the centers, and they, these women compete 
say, I'm doing this, I need this money, blah, blah, blah. And we give last year that we gave $75,000 to one woman, and then, then there were two other prizes. And what happens is the finalists come to us, their paperwork, and we evaluate what the business proposition is, and pick five or six. And then they actually to uh, do a Shark Tank competition. And that really is, although it's not exclusively to women in technology, a great emphasis is put um, against that segment. So that's very exciting, and people are very always excited about it. When I'm speaking, they're always asking me, when are you doing it again? So I just wanted to share that with you. I think I attended one of those. Uh, it was held in the, um, the Gallup uh, offices down in Washington, and they, it was an SBA, uh, and they gave, an, gave several awards. For, for for I don't know what the criteria was, but they gave awards for women in business, and that was was that what you're saying that they that you give awards out and give grants out? Yep, we did. Ah, okay. Uh, well, I remember I remember one woman won an award because she developed shoes that you could fold up and carry in your purse. Uh, well, you know, but that's exactly, I mean, that's part of what, what I do. Um, I can't take credit for developing that program, but I'm always looking for ways to make that better, more exciting, so that we can really help more women. And it's it's really a wonderful program. I wish I had started it, but I... Oh, well, you know, you don't have to wish that you started it because you, you're you carrying it forward. That's good enough, you know. I think that's that's really great. So tell me, uh, as a woman, uh, and you've had a business, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got, uh, what you did before coming to SBA? And, and, and by the way, it's the women's programs at SBA that you're heading... Uh, Right. That's right. Right. Uh, so, before you came to SBA, what um, what what is your background? Immediately before coming to SBA, I ran a company called Ladies Launch Club, Launch L A U N C H Club, and I help women um, either start a business or expand a business. And you know, we did a number of things. We did Mastercards. We did incubators. We ran a number of programs. Plus. What, well, excuse me, what's a MasterCard? I mean, I know what a Master... What is that? A Mastermind. Oh, a Mastermind? Okay. And Mastermind, one of the things you asked me earlier, what do we hear from women? Um, what we hear is that they don't have mentors. That's one of the biggest challenges they face. Mm -hmm. And the Mastermind program, it's a, it's a small group, six, eight people, and they come, they meet once a month, and they're each held accountable for moving their business along. And we find that when somebody has an accountability partner, they're much more likely to do what has to be done and, you know, really accelerate the growth of your business. So that's the purpose of a mastermind. Well, I see. That's very good. Hmm, I thought it was a MasterCard program. Well, that's good, too, but mastermind, hmm, all right. We haven't heard that, I don't think, for a while. And so you started this uh, this business inspiring to mentor and inspire women, right? Right. And before that, I ran um, a marketing agency where I had clients like HBO, Showtime, J.P. Morgan Chase, MasterCard. Oh, really? <laughs> so what did you do in that company? In your company? When did I start it? Or no? What did you do? What 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 was the nature of your business? 
the nature of my business was actually to promote HBO, Showtime, J.P. Morgan Chase, Visa, or MasterCard. Actually, for Visa and MasterCard, I actually developed their small business credit card. Really? Yep. Um, You came from MasterCard, you say? Well, I was at MasterCard for a while, and then they became a great client of mine. Wow. Very good. I didn't see that any place, so that's uh, that's good. And you said you started the small business uh, for them, and that means a small business. uh, What does that mean, a small creating a small business market for them? Well, companies often look for solutions to pay for travel and entertainment, and rather than giving cash advances, if they give a company issued credit card, then the employee can use that. And they have, there's tons of controls on that. There's cash flow. Um, there's a number of benefits. As a matter of fact, they can actually restrict where an employee uses a credit card. Hmm. Very good. Very good. So you've been in small business for most of your career. Is that right? Well, I would say probably 50-50. I've been uh, on the corporate side and then 50% on the entrepreneurial side. And now I'm with the government. I'm not sure where that, which 50% that goes into. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's 50-50 and 50 is 150%. So I, I think you have to take some of that from the from either of the, the, the businesses that you've been in. So what is the major difference between all these uh, sectors, your, the public, the private, and the uh, uh, and your uh, entrepreneurial, then what is the difference in, in needs or, or what you do? Well, you know, I, I actually believe there are very few. And the reason for that is my training is to solve problems, to offer solutions, or frankly, like innovator, improve it. Mm-hmm. Somebody had created that solution, I did it. Mm-hmm. When I was in the corporate world, that's what I did. There was a need for um, companies, small business credit cards. So I developed those, implemented those. And then when I had my own business, you know, clients um, had needs that had to be solved. And that was solution-based. And frankly, here at the government, it's the same thing. And um, having entrepreneur, I really changed that I have is I can't open my window. <laughs> oh, okay. my, and I know it's just... You can't open your window in your office, you <laughs> say? Welcome to the crowd. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you open your doors, you open the windows. Um, but that's the biggest um, change that I've seen. I, I think one of my aha moments is the fact that we as taxpayers and consumers, and I'm not talking for everybody, think that government employees don't work hard. And I have got to tell you, these people work like you cannot believe. They work so hard dedicated. If you were to survey them, I would bet you 80% would tell you they do this because they really believe in the cause. They want women to continue to grow, to be independent, financially independent, because we know that that has great implications to the economy, um, to local business, to communities, to mentoring. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. I, I understand, and I believe you, and I agree with you. So, so let's talk about women. How how did uh, how do women differ that are in Washington region and those who are elsewhere in in the country? Are there any differences? You know what? There no <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that an affirmative no? 
It's an affirmative no. And, and there are three things that we see recently. One is lack of confidence, which is shocking, but it's still there. The other is the ability to find a mentor that will really help them through the process, somebody who's been there and done it and made mistakes, share those mistakes so hopefully they don't. And the third is financing, and it's pretty much consistent everywhere we go. Yeah, financing is a problem. I mean, I'm, I have a, a company, and I'm always searching for financing, so, uh, so maybe you can help me. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, can I shift a little bit because this, uh, this, uh, I got your permission to talk about it, but I, I think the audience would like to know this too. You're a woman with a disability, and uh, did you have this all your career? Or when did you? Well, talk about your disability, and I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I don't describe myself as a disabled person, and I don't. My mindset is not of a disabled person because, frankly, to just boast a little bit, I have been extremely, extremely, extremely successful, which I'm very proud of. Not that people with disabilities are not successful. So I don't consider myself disabled. I did have polio, and polio is a virus, so that's why it's in the past 10. I have the um, the after effects of it, but I've had it since I was 18 months old. So 18 months old, yeah. And so you're an inspiration for other women because you do walk with a cane, uh, you have a limp, and there are people who have even less uh, observable disabilities who feel that they don't have any power. So can you talk a little bit more about where your your self-confidence and your power comes from? My mother. (laughs) Your mother. Well, you're the first person I've heard to say mother in the last week, so usually it's the father. Okay. (laughs) Um, I came from a matriarchal family. My grandmother was the grand dame, and then my mother became the grand dame. And I've never quite made it that <laughs> status. But my mother, um, frankly, she didn't coddle me. It was just the way it was. We're immigrants, so, you know, when you come to this country and you have... We're, wait, wait a minute, are you an immigrant? I am. Okay. So I came from Scotland, and I don't know if you know what the Scottish accent is like, but it's very thick. I do, because I'm trying to watch a television show, and I can't understand their work, yeah. what they're saying. Okay. And when you're from Glasgow, it's even worse. So, oh, okay. You know, we were immigrants. Um, we didn't have a ton of money. We had to work really hard. My parents worked really hard. And frankly, they were not going to let us not work really hard. Nor, you know, there was never any thought about failure. I mean, it just wasn't an option. And, um, you know, if you had conversations with my mother, who is an amazing, amazing woman, I can tell you, there was nothing. None of us were going to fail. We, I have two sisters. So that um, I think that really um, helped to shape who I am. So for, for other people who haven't had the, uh, the examples from their own family, where, where can they get inspiration and to, to persevere and despite the hardship? What? Well, I think there are a couple of ways. And what I used to tell the women I worked with, look at somebody that you just really see as a role model and either emulate that person or, better yet, reach out to that person and see if they will mentor you. And they, if 
you know, most women, again, it's a generalization, are pretty good at working with other women to change mindsets. To me, it's about a mindset. And one of the major things that I did when I was working with women was the in the initial stages, we worked about mindset because if you can't switch that, if you feel like you're going to be a failure, you're going to be a failure. And if you feel like you're going to be a success, you're going to be a success. So we try to build up the confidence. And so I, that's what I tell them. Look for somebody that you just really want to emulate. And you know what? I did that too as a kid. I mean, I remember looking at these women saying, man, I want to grow up and be like her. So I, that would be the... Um, the lesson or the takeaway that people with disabilities and those who don't have disabilities should remember all the time that they have to to be inspired. If that's if that's a role model, then so be it. But they have to be inspired. Yeah, and sometimes I believe people who have disabilities have have a more difficult time of it because we don't always know, and um, you know we're not always sensitive to what those uh, challenges might be. I know uh, a lot of uh, a lot of women I've heard recently have uh, scolded people who don't have confidence uh, because they think that they're the victim of their own uh, own shortcomings, their own lack of confidence. They are. They are okay. So you're telling them. You're telling women in general. It's not. It's start the business of of success starts with you. You know what? Everything starts with you. I mean, we have government that does wonderful things. You know what? We have HR people who do wonderful things. At the end of the day, you are in control of you and your destiny. Nobody else can do that. I mean, you can have mentors that help you, but if you don't believe in yourself. Why should I believe in you? Exactly, exactly. So that goes into, leads into the next question I have. You wrote a book, Three Ways Women Entrepreneurs Sabotage Themselves. Can you, I, I imagine that three ways have been built into this conversation we've had, but can you tell us uh, what that book is about and, and what the three ways are that people sap women? And, and is, is women... The sabotage themselves uh, are different than men who sabotage themselves? Men generally don't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we cross men off there, okay. <laughs> and, and it's actually more than three, but um, the purpose of that book was to was twofold. One was to point out to women things that are going to trip them up so that hopefully they'll be much more aware of what they're doing and stop it before it becomes a problem. And the other is I, ha I did interview other women who had gone through, you know, difficult times, and they could be an inspiration to the people who read the book. So those were the two major objectives of that book. So can, is that book still in print? Can pe women get it? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. It's three, what is it, Three Ways Women Entrepreneurs Sabotage Themselves? It's the Survivor's Guide for Female Entrepreneurs. Survivor's Guide for Female Entrepreneurs. It's worth reading. If, 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 if nothing else, it tells women who read it, this is your responsibility and get started on this knot. So, uh, so summing up our conversation... Uh, so where were you taking the women's uh, women's uh, what do you call it? women's 
group that you're working with, the, the women's sector. Where is it going from here? Well, we are now um, in the process of issuing three new grants, and that will mean that we have a center in every state in the country. And I would like to have two or three in every state in the country because the more we can do for women in terms of educating them and helping them to accelerate their growth, the better it is for everybody. It's so, called dream, excuse me, a dream grant? Yeah, a, a grant is the way that we... Um, um, a grant is the way that we um, finance, not finance, we issue grants for centers, women's business centers, so that they can utilize that money to put programs together to help women launch or expand a business. Hmm. I thought I thought you called it a dream grant, so I'm sorry. Okay. Name. Right, okay, okay. So your, your goal is to... to uh, finance more money at the state levels and, and regional levels. Wanna, uh, yeah, hmm. I want to be careful with that word finance because that, that has connotations. And we don't finance, but we issue grants to people to help them achieve their objectives of helping women. It's not financing, though. Well, with that, we are out of time. Uh, I so enjoyed hearing uh, that Women's Center is doing marvelous things and uh, you're taking the, the the lead in in creating great opportunities for women and most importantly the uh, the message that you gave give all women regardless of of their disability and regardless if they don't have a disability it starts with confidence absolutely so uh, somebody that can help you build your confidence yeah, and that's very important. Well, I hope you'll return uh, with uh, with follow-up on your grants. Uh, but uh, we want to thank you for appearing today, uh, even though you're you're at your desk and we're in the studio and we had some interruptions. We we've we've truly enjoyed listening to your your you and the, uh, understanding the better the program. So the program is again. What can you? What is the name of your program? We we issue grants to William to women's business centers. It, it's the women's you're as assistant administrator of the women's business center. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, and uh, look lots of luck to you in in your job, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Alrighty. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.